At American University, we don't just hope for change, we create it. We don't just dream of a better world, we make it a reality. With a graduate degree from AU, you'll access expert faculty and connections throughout DC to develop skills and experience to turn your passion into purpose. And that purpose can make all the difference in your career. Discover the difference a degree makes at American.edu slash gradschool. Hi, I'm Max Kaiser. This is the Kaiser Report. We are in rehearsal for Kaiser Report the Musical. We've got the kungas, we've got the guitars, we've got the band, we've got the drummers. We're writing the song. Stephen Sondheim, I don't know if he's going to be available or not, he's ill, but we've got some major folks involved in this project. Can it hit Broadway? Oh, man, I'm excited, Stacy. I want to talk about a good story that relates to your congos, because, of course, you need the congos for a, um, you know, war, to beat the war, the drums of war. Exactly. Because what is the old saying on Wall Street? Don't fight the Fed. I feel the first song of our musical coming together. Don't fight the Fed. Well, many of our guests, they're called heterodox economists or heterodox financial analysts because they often fight the Fed. But my question, when we're going to look at these headlines and my observations of some of these charts over the past decades or two, is what came first, the chicken or the Fed? So is it the Fed driving markets or is it panicked investors driving markets? If a four-quarter earnings recession couldn't undercut the equity market, why would anyone think a spat with Iran could do the job? It's all about the Fed, precisely the New York Fed, which injected a massive $77 billion into the system to start the week. This is uh, David Rosenberg who is one of the th people who tried to fight the Fed, and the Fed keeps winning with markets rising. I explained this all in the last show. There is only two major unreliably non-predictable, unprofitable, mismanaged industries in America, Hollywood and the defense contractor industry, the one that takes half of our taxes. And for them to keep getting more money from us, the taxpayer, they got to drop bombs everywhere. And they do it willy-nilly without any thought about what they're doing whatsoever. Uh, they hit a few commercial airlines. They don't care. And then the Fed prints tons of money, and then they go blow it again. And that money printing leads to the stock market going higher, which makes everyone think they're geniuses and that they're godlike. And that, see, our strategy of bombing innocent people makes sense. Release the Kraken. Print more money. And then the Fed accommodates, of course, because we do so for national security, and the stock market hits a new all-time high. Then everyone gets really smart and thinking, oh, I'm a genius, I'm making so much money, let's go bomb more people, let's go kill more civilians, let's go send more soldiers, print more money, and then the stock market goes higher. That's the cycle that we're in now. It's called genocide for profit. It's called America. Well, of course, one thing uh, the Fed does and why you shouldn't fight the Fed is that it is moral hazard they encourage. So imagine when you were a little child and every time you did something wrong, instead of getting sent to your bedroom and bouncing your bed across the room or anything like that, you know, you were given an ice cream cone or you were given some sort of uh, increase in your allowance. Every time you did something wrong, every time you accidentally burned down the house or something like that, you were uh, rewarded for it rather than punished. And that's what you have now is like, 
anytime there's bad news, first, of course, you know, gold spikes, markets sell off for literally a minute or two, and then they soar quickly when they realize, oh, wait, what am I doing? I'm, I'm thinking like the olden days before Alan Greenspan, before there was a Fed fighting the investor speculator class. So now they, whatever, every time there's bad news is always when markets soar the most. Right, well, don't forget Eric Holder and Tim Geithner. Remember in 2008, they came up with the Holder Doctrine. Talk about moral hazard. They institutionalized moral hazard. And they said, every time you banks commit fraud, every time Jamie Dimon commits fraud, we are going to cut those laws out of the books. We're going to eliminate laws against financial fraud whenever you commit fraud. Oh, by the way, if Jamie Dimon buys Citibank or Travelers Corporation and violates Glass-Steagall, oh, well, we'll just get rid of Glass-Steagall to accommodate Jamie Dimon because that's the Eric Holder doctrine. That's the Jimmy Geithner doctrine. That's the Ben Bernanke doctrine. That's the Alan Greenspan doctrine. That's a Jay Powell doctrine. Is forget all rule of law for people with a lot of cash from the Fed. In terms of fighting the Fed, and this war with the Fed and this war with economics and business cycles, for example, where in this sort of benign totalitarianism is where they don't have to lock up short sellers, for example. Remember during the financial crisis, it always emerged. It emerged in Europe, in the UK, in the United States. We're going to ban short selling because the short sellers, i.e. those taking a bet against the markets, are the ones causing this. Well, they don't even have to do that anymore. They don't have to threaten to arrest anybody or ban anything or throw people in prison. They do it themselves because they've been trained through years of abuse, and that is nobody is short. Short sales in the SPDR S&P 500 ETF trust, known by its sticker SPY, as a percentage of shares outstanding, fell to 1.1% last Tuesday. That's the lowest level since January 2018, before the event known as Volmageddon sent stocks swooning. That's the collapse in short interest. So things are heating up. We have these trade wars. We have these hot wars in the Middle East. And of course, people know that's when the Fed is going to punch you hard if you dare do anything like sell off stocks or buy gold or anything that will look, jeopardize their, their, their one indicator that they care about. That's their red line is the stock market price. Right. Remember, they got rid of the top tick rule, which uh, dramatically altered the whole short selling industry. And the point is not that our stock's expensive, uh, our short sellers nervous, is uh, stock trading at all time highs. That is inconsequential. The point, as we've been saying for years now, is that everything's being taken private with all of the free money given to them from the Fed, and we're entering neo-feudalism. 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 That's the period that we're entering. In Act Two of Kaiser Report, the musical, coming to Broadway soon, it'll all be about neo-feudalism. How you started off in the middle class under Eisenhower after World War II, and you built yourselves all kinds of homes out there in the suburbs, and you got a job, and one guy, the husband, could go make a living for the whole family, and you got to go to Ivy League school, and you made more than your dad. That's all finished, because it's neo-feudalism. Neo-feudalism. Thanks, Fed. You've destroyed America. Right on. I'm just going to quickly look at one chart and then move on to the next. This, uh, this chart is just from uh, Zero Hedge, 
and an article actually about Morgan Stanley where they're saying don't fight the Fed. It's not worth it. Central banks liquidity surge could push S&P 500 to 3500. Morgan Stanley had actually predicted the S&P 500 would go to 3250 by the end of 2020. It, it went there in the first week or two of 2020. So that blew it away. And there's a direct correlation. Anytime the markets were down, like that little blurb there back in November of 2019, well, it's because the Fed's balance sheet shrank a little bit that week. So those were people, you know, the Fed controls what happens right now. Even Morgan Stanley is saying that, who has been the beneficiary of the largest of the Federal Reserve, I might add, back in 2008. But again, here's another sign that people have been turned into docile sort of totalitarian state uh, citizens. Like you see that in North Korea, they don't know how to question their leader because they don't know of anything else. Here they're trained to respond to the Fed and what is happening? The explosion in passive index funds. So every, if you're not going to fight the Fed, why not just join it? Just d dump your money into a passive index. Don't become a value investor. Don't be an active investor. Don't look for things like earnings and growth potential that's ridiculous right don't be try to be like warren buffett anymore even he's like sitting on over 125 billion in cash because he still has this old notion of like looking for value and he doesn't find any so he sits there in cash in the meantime the ordinary investor is pouring into index funds index funds break through 10 trillion dollars in assets mark amid active exodus Relentless rise of passive investing has transformed the business of managing assets. Right, and keep in mind, in America, life expectancy is down, infant mortality is up, and the spread between the richest and the poorest is widening, like you would expect in the Middle Ages during feudal times. Look, in San Francisco, in Los Angeles, uh, you can see what's happening right now, particularly in San Francisco. You've got huge population of homeless people who are developing medieval diseases. They're getting typhus and other types of diseases, diseases including buponic plague, which you haven't seen in hundreds of years. So I would predict in the next year or so, Tim Cook over there at Apple and others will start erecting these huge walls. And outside of the wall will be a huge moat. And that'll be, they'll erect castles. There'll be genuine castles in San Francisco, Los Angeles, in, in New York, surrounded by moats filled with alligators and sharpshooters and guns and all the uh, disenfranchised serfs out there that got messed over by the Fed because they engineered this neo-feudalism will be out in the no man's land fighting, you know, for rat food, uh, you know, cooking rats up and possums and trying to survive. I say go long, alligators now, get it while it's cheap because there's going to be huge demand for it. But again, you know, this, this cycle of like what came first, the chicken or the Fed, and it's, it, they're in a, a mutually assured destruction at this point. So people are pouring money into these passive index funds. They're just passive speculators. They're not investors because they don't even know what they're investing in. They're just like throwing money at an index. They're not like, uh, you know, Warren Buffett. So there is no discipline in the markets then. Uh, everybody's just following the Fed. They're expecting the Fed to keep things going up. They're, uh, zombie companies, like something like 40% of the companies in the S&P 500 are p essentially zombies. Uh, I saw a data point out this past uh, week where 40, only 43%, only 43% of companies in the S&P 500 even reported any R&D costs at all. So they're not even researching and developing. There's no 
investment in the future. There's no CapEx. This is total zombie and just, you know, fighting alongside the Fed. But at the end of the day, ultimately one point, you know, we might realize it's like, you know, that uh, Trojan horse. This entire economy is a Trojan horse in order to sneak in essentially a command and control system which will uh, disintegrate rapidly. Oh, yeah. You know, passive investing is like the last choppers leaving Saigon, right? You know, the U.S. lost the war in Vietnam. You had those choppers in Saigon leaving and people clinging to the rails like, no one has saved me, save me. The Khmer Rouge is outside the door. They're going to kill me. Save me, save me. Right? So investing in passive in fast passive funds are like the, the hyperinflation that's happening in healthcare, education, and every aspect of the economy that is not imported from slave wages in China, as Ricky Gervais pointed out, is going up 10, 20, 30% a year. It's mm -hmm. completely obliterating the middle class. And they're saying, I want to be in a, in a passive investing fund so that I don't get gobbled up by the Khmer Rouge. Take me in this chopper out of Saigon. Right? I've seen this in the 70s. You know, I lived during the 70s. I'm a boomer. I'm a boomer. And the millennials and the Gen X, uh, sorry, but uh, nothing left for you. I might want to add, I think you mean the Viet Cong rather than keep Khmer Rouge, but uh, close enough. You well, know, Viet we, Cong, we... you know, and then well, in, in Cambodia, the Khmer Rouge, right? The yes. killing fields, right? And right next door, it's the same, you know, group of angry, disenfranchised. Yeah, Kissinger financed or Kissinger obliterated sort of situation. But finally, I want to quickly look at this uh, chart here. Global trade growth is inversely related to the overall strength of the dollar, which is remarkable. Again, there are no cycles. There's only the Fed. Don't fight the Fed because this is what the Fed does to you. Uh, trade goes up when the dollar is down. Trade goes down when the dollar is up. It's that simple. And the Fed and our policies control a lot of right. that. Right. The dollar is a proxy for global stupidity. How, why China, Iran, Russia, Europe, Germany, France, uh, Argentina, why they own dollars and buy dollars, it's a proxy for stupidity. Wake up! Buy Bitcoin. And gold. We're going to take a break. When we come back, much more coming your way. Welcome back to the Kaiser Report. I'm Max Kaiser. Time now to go to Craig Hempke of the TFMetalsReport.com. Check out the website for some 2020 action predictions, forecasts, etc. It's excellent. Craig, welcome back. Max, it's always a pleasure. Happy New Year. Let's talk gold. The drumbeats of war with Iran caused gold to skyrocket above $1,600 briefly before peace was declared, sending gold back around 1550. How important technically is this 1550 price, Craig? It's a very important level. Uh, for the after, Once gold peaked out in 2011, it came down and then went sideways for about a year and a half. 1550 on a weekly basis was very important support for about 19 months. And it was 1550 that was wiped out on Friday, April the 12th, 2013, and Monday, April 15, 2013, down 200 bucks, wiped that level out. We've been below it ever since, what's almost seven years. Now this is the second week in a row we've closed above that level. Technically, that's important. But I, I, I wanna stress though, because there was a lot of talk here, uh, once the war stuff kind of simmered down, that gold had only been going up as like a safe haven. That's not true at all. Gold was up 3% from December 20th, to January the 2nd, before the Soleimani assassination, raid, attack, whatever, silver was up 8.5% from December 9th through January 22nd. So the metals were moving 
for good reason. They were looking ahead to all the central bank activity and everything else that's coming up this year. It wasn't just a reaction to a safe haven play. That's important for people to remember. Rob, I'm reading that uh, billionaires and multimillionaires are hoarding gold in record amounts. They're building safe bunkers in their basements in the Hamptons, and they're filling it with gold bricks. Uh, this is happening all over the world. People are sensing that the safe haven play uh, of gold is upon us and that the days of the dollar could be coming to a close. What about the fundamentals of gold, Craig? What about uh, something other than just technicals driving the price higher? What do you see on the supply demand, the uh, more of the fundamental side? That's the dichotomy, Max, that seems to get wider every year. Uh, you mentioned high net worth individuals. Goldman had a big report about that back in December, all the demand for gold getting taken off grid out of the bank's hands. Let me lay this one on you. Uh, in 2018, the global central banks bought 651 metric tons of gold. That was the most since 1969, the year after the London gold pool failed. And then in 2019, it appears they topped that at 670 metric tons. That's physical metal getting taken out of the bank's hands. Well, at the same time, the way this stuff is priced through futures trading, the open interest on the COMEX went up by over 300,000 contracts, which means the banks created about a thousand metric tons of paper gold. So there's this widening gap between actual physical demand and then this uh, paper supply. If that can stretch the system far enough, things could really get interesting. But for now, um, it presents you know an interesting, let's say, opportunity. You understand how that works to maybe make some interesting forecasts and prepare for in that kind of end game that maybe those elites are talking about. Against other major currencies, gold's already making new all-time highs. Just yeah. about every other currency out there in the world, gold's making new all-time highs, but not against the dollar. And uh, the Soleimani, um, you know, incident of, of, of recent uh, time uh, has proven that the U.S. is the sole hegemony in the world, that it can do pretty much anything it wants. Uh, no other country has much in terms of recourse. And as long as the empire is intact and the empire can act unilaterally, blow people out of the sky whatnot, uh, without any repercussions, I don't see, and, and in response, the rest of the world buys dollars. You know, it's like that old saying, the beatings will continue until morale improves. Well, you know, America says to the world, our bombings will continue until you stop buying the dollar. And they don't get the message. They keep buying dollars. So I think on the macro scale, I don't see a big change there. The rest of the world cowers at the foot of America, and that'll keep the price of gold from hitting new all-time highs against the dollar anytime soon, Craig. I think this year, Max, I mean, we already had the best gains since 2010 in calendar year 2019, which, you know, every time we t we met and talked in 2019, that's what we forecast. We thought that'd be a good year. I, you know, I wouldn't expect gold to skyrocket this year, absent, you know, some major crisis. But if we keep moving higher, I, at once above 1550, 1650 becomes a dollar target, and maybe even 1750. It is important to note, though, as you did, that gold has made new all-time highs in almost every other major currency. So in a sense, you kind of feel like the dollar is eventually going to get there too. But if gold keeps trending higher and silver keeps trending higher, I think it opens up the door to some money making, some fiat making possibilities this year, Max. And the oddest of all places, that's some mining shares, which have just been, I mean, a terrible place to have your money for the last six or seven years. If you want to trade, make some cash, 
mining shares might be the place to be because if the the global asset managers, you know, the institutions, the hedge funds, even the central banks like the Swiss National Bank, if they start looking at the sector, seeing the gains in the metals, seeing the shares and their indices start to break out, there'd be a lot of money flowing through a very small funnel into a limited amount of investment opportunities. And so I, there's probably a, a better opportunity to make gains in 2020 and actually in the mining shares than there is in the in the physical metal. Well, the problem with gold mining is that it doesn't scale very well. Uh, when you compare it to what you can get in Alphabet, the parent company of Google, or Apple, or Tesla even, or Facebook, you know, they just add a couple of servers and there's another five million customers and yeah, the cost of true. scaling is minuscule and they're welded into the U.S. Pentagon as is the case with Amazon. They have a guaranteed contract pipe flow uh, due to the, all the work they do for the Pentagon. And those companies are getting uh, bigger and bigger, you know, becoming trillion dollar companies. Uh, to do a gold mine, you've got to hire workers. You've got to yeah. buy huge uh, excavating machines. You've got to dig. You've got to refine. You've got to you know, throw a lot of mercury and acid in there to get it out. You know, the margins in gold mining are terrible when you compare it to the weightless digital economy that we're in now. But I mean, I understand that they are a leverage play on gold. But the money flow is going to people like Elon Musk. You know, Elon Musk, even though the company is at $80 billion or so, twice bigger than the two other biggest car companies in America combined, it's not, it's not that big when you compare it to Apple, right? Apple's $1.3 trillion, and Elon Musk's company is only worth like 80 or $90 billion. So he's got a long way to go to catch up to Apple, and why not? He's reinventing the globe just like Steve Jobs did. Well, that's all true, Max, no doubt about it. But I, I think uh, there's opportunity in those shares, though, as people diversify. I mean, the global asset allocation of the sector, the precious metal sector, is less than 1%. I mean, if it goes to 2%, which is still under the historical norm, that's a doubling of the amount of cash. And so you look at, I don't know, what, what does an, an asset manager look like? Something Look at something like Newmont, okay, big, big miner, their earnings are growing three, four times versus year over year, and they pay a 2.4% dividend. And that beats the heck out of the 10-year treasury. So, I, you know, I'm not, you know, if the market keeps going up, the central bank keep flushing this cash. I mean, would the, the Fed increase their balance sheet all the way back up over $4 trillion in the last quarter? I mean, if that cash is going to float around the planet, I'm sure Apple and Tesla and the rest will keep going up. But I think uh, for diversification's sake, we could see a rush of cash into the mining sector. And if the GDX goes from 30 to 50, I mean, that's a pretty good move, you know? So anyway, moral of the story is I, I think the Fed keeps printing cash. The ECB keeps printing cash. They're monetizing the debt direct, well, almost directly through like one extra step. They're directly monetizing the debt. There's no other way they're going to have money, cash, to fund the government deficits and all the, everything else that goes with it. So I think that continues this year. I think the metals continue trending higher. And uh, anybody waiting for like some major dip to buy is going to be disappointed. Right. You mentioned GDX there, just to point mm -hmm. out that GDX is an exchange-traded fund. It covers yeah. a group of mining stocks. GDXJ is a similar, except it has more of the junior mining stocks. Mm -hmm. And then there's one with the ticker symbol SIL which covers the yeah. silver mining sector. So these are all ways for people to diversify into the mining sector instead of trying to pick individual winners in the mining sector. You might have the great, uh, greatest uh, 
uh, play on gold and silver ever. But if you're in the wrong company and that company yeah. runs into trouble, you've missed the bull market. So the, the best way to do it is to play to play in the ETF market. I would agree with you on, on that. And uh, roughly 1% of the globe's assets there's about $100 trillion of investable assets around the world in family offices and high net worth individuals and 401k plans and Charles Schwab accounts. About 1% of that money is in gold, I believe, last I checked. Is that currently the situation? And uh, all we have to see is that to move to 2 or 3%, Craig, and gold would very quickly get to $2,500 an ounce in U.S. dollars, Craig. That's just it, Max. I mean, this you any good, you know, oranges, you know, you name it. If you get a vast amount of increasing amount of money chasing a finite amount of goods, the price goes up. I mean, that's econ 101. So uh, I just, you know, again, that's a trillion dollars. You go from 1% to 2%. That's a trillion dollars coming into the sector. It was half of that. 500 billion would basically buy the entire sector, the whole GDX, the whole GDXJ. I mean, the GLD, I mean, all that stuff. So that's what I expect. I think we get a point this year, once it becomes clear that the shares are breaking out, that there's just a big rush of cash into the sector. People just looking for precious metal in all their forms as a hedge, as a whatever. And I think that makes for a big year. So I don't know. I just, I, I think people need to recognize what happened last week, understand that the metals were already moving for a whole different set of circumstances before the geopolitical stuff kind of perked up. The geopolitical stuff's going to underpin the market all year now, and I think this makes for a pretty good environment for the precious metals. Just to reiterate that point, uh, the market capitalization of Facebook is roughly $500 billion. So you're saying for the market capitalization of Facebook, one company, you could own the entire mining sector, the entire yeah, sector, exactly. the entire exactly. sector. <laughs> exactly. Right? And that's so. just, I mean, crying out loud, that's just screaming investment opportunity and so look we all you know we're all waiting for the world to end but gosh this could be a, a really good year for people to make some fiat sounds like an elvis costello song anyway we got to go craig hemke thanks for being on the kaiser report my pleasure max well that's gonna do it for this episode of the kaiser report with me max kaiser and stacy herbert I'd like to thank our guest craig hemke of the tfmetalsreport.com if you want to catch us on twitter it's kaiser report until next time bye y'all At American University, we don't just hope for change, we create it. We don't just dream of a better world, we make it a reality. With a graduate degree from AU, you'll access expert faculty and connections throughout DC to develop skills and experience to turn your passion into purpose. And that purpose can make all the difference in your career. Discover the difference a degree makes at American.edu slash gradschool.